It's time for the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Clay Patton in for Susan Littlefield. She'll be back next week. No worries. She'll be back before you know it. Talking the markets with us, so on a shortened trading day, is Jeff Peterson, Heartland Farm Partners. And Jeff, we appreciate you being able to run us through the day as we continue to see. Even on Friday, it's a shortened trading day, but it's still an interesting day of trade as we see soybeans and wheat end in the negative. Corn, though, able to hold on to some positivity. So that kind of makes me think, okay, if soybeans are in the negative here. Does that have some link to South America? So let's start our conversation there. What's your outlook here as we look to South American weather? Brazil doing okay? Argentina maybe still in drought? Yeah, that that's exactly uh, how it looks out there. And you're exactly right. As we dig in, it was an interesting day of trade as you kind of dig into the numbers. You know, corn at one point here today would have been a couple cents higher on its peak. And then soybeans had a wide range. You know, we ended up on January soybeans closing at 1433, which was down two and a half. On the high of the day, uh, 1448. So, you know, at one point, we'd have probably been up about 13 cents a bushel. And we did close right on the lows. Now, we did get some pressure from the outside markets. Crude oil, you know, continued to be a little bit lower, down about $1.55. And then we go over and look on the basically on the wheat side and the Kansas City wheat uh, ended up closing down nine cents on Kansas City, 22 on Chicago, and basically about uh, um, about even on the Minneapolis. But looking on down to South America, you, you nailed it spot on, Clay. And as we take a look at Brazil, Brazil continues to probably get good enough rains. There's some problems as you get down in the very southern part of Brazil, there's a few areas in there that's a little bit concerning. But Argentina is the one that everybody's got their their eyes set on right now. And and as we dig in and take a look at basically Argentina, if we go back and look at starting on September 1st to now, they're probably down about 2.5 inches of rain. And just to kind of put that in perspective, that would be off just a little bit over 30%. So they do, they do need to pick up some additional moisture there, but here's actually what I think the trade is looking at, though, Clay. I think overall they'd say, yeah, we know that we've got some dry conditions in Argentina, but Brazil's probably good enough. If Argentina doesn't have a real terrible crop, Brazil can probably make up for it. Oh, there's definitely a lot to consider, and it's it's all time. We'll see as time goes. We could see another weather market develop there in South America. But as we're thinking about this weather market in general, wheat in particular goes negative on the day. When you look at the U.S. hard red winter wheat belt, it's some of the driest conditions we've seen in decades. And even emergence wasn't all that strong before we went now into more of a dormant stage across the high plains. What does that mean here for the U.S. weather market? Yeah, and I think uh, right now I'd say overall it's just too early, I mean, for the U.S. weather market, because initially it it is concerning for wheat, but here's what we found on wheat. Uh, If we roll back time maybe 20 years ago, the type of weather that we'd be having right now would just be actually, if we didn't have anything real positive across the globe, would just be sending this wheat market much stronger. But over time, what everybody's realized is wheat is a very tough crop, and we got to be careful, even though I think Basically, the market's underestimating probably the amount of damage that's been done and how how much the wheat crop has been hurt. They're going to wait and see how this thing breaks dormancy and see if we happen to pick up some rains. Now, I think they're underestimating, but, but that's how the market's looking at it. In regard to whether that weather has an impact yet on corn and soybeans, it, it really doesn't yet. And, and ultimately, we're going to have to get into March and into the first bit of April. And initially, when we start seeing even some drier conditions happening then, the market's going to look at that and say, you know what, we're getting this crop in fast. 
And boy, if we can start picking up some rain, then then we'll really look to go ahead and get a really good crop. So we're we're quite a ways away from being able to rely on the weather conditions that we've got in here in the U.S. to give us much of a boost, Clay. Jeff, from the money manager standpoint, and often it's money flow that can impact these markets in the shorter term rather than the long term. We've had this funny week here where we're off for Thanksgiving, partial day of trade on Friday. Now we're going into December. We're into the last month of 2022. What is the trader's mindset and the mentality here as we start getting ready for the end of the year? Well, I, I think overall, so let's just kind of take a step back and take a look at that. I, I think what we've got is we've got a, a headwind with the energy markets. And, you know, years ago, it wouldn't been such a big deal because ultimately we didn't have uh, energies tied into corn and soybeans. But ever since we've had renewable energy, what happens in the crude oil market? So we've got, uh, has a big impact on corn and soybeans. So we've got that headwind coming at us. And overall, coming into this time of year, I, I think the funds, on both the corn and the soybean side, are looking to continue to reduce the side of their longs. They, they're wanting to get out of those positions because this is a tough time of the year. Unless we have a weather problem that further develops and gets to be a bigger deal coming out of South America, this is a, this is a tough time of year to get that market to bounce, especially when the other headwind that we have out there, Clay, is the fact that you're hearing more attention in the headlines. And this is mainly headline-driven you know, coming out of China in regard to what they're doing with COVID and the and the lockdowns and the clamping down on, on what they're doing over there, Clyde. That's Jeff Peterson, Heartland Farm Partners. He's talking the trade with us on the Fontenelle Final Bell. Coming up in the second segment, we take a look at fundamentals in the U.S., especially when it comes to logistics, what's happening with rail and more. Don't go anywhere. We still have another segment to go on the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. Again, Clay Patton in for Susan Littlefield as we continue to talk the markets here with Jeff Peterson, Heartland Farm Partners. And Jeff, in our first portion of the conversation, focusing on weather markets, focusing on money managers' mindsets, trade uh, moves and money management and money flow here in the markets. Let's look, though, at some domestic uh, issues that could be impacting this market, especially on the cash side, and that is logistics when it comes to moving grains across. What's the latest you're hearing on the rail strike here in the U.S.? Well, what it looks like, and, and there's still a little bit of debate out there, you know, it, it they, with where we're sitting right now, there could be a strike on, on December 8th. You'll have to see whether or not there's some additional negotiating. Negotiating is still ongoing, going up to that point, and we'll have to see in regard to how quickly um, Congress would intervene and get everybody back to work. Overall, that does give us an additional headwind in here. It's just a little bit of another reason for no one to really uh, bounce this market much higher because that has a big impact, especially right now and the problems we're having, you know, with the Mississippi River. But the general feeling, I think, is that ultimately um, if a strike would happen or even to avert a strike, I, I think we'd have the government step in and get us back going here pretty quick, Clay. It definitely looks like uh, they're prepared. We have heard some mixed things come from the Biden administration, but according to their press secretary, definitely looks like there may be some tools already in place if we get that far into the situation. On the flip side of that, if you can't move it by rail, can you move it by water? Historically low levels in the Mississippi River, and I know this is an ongoing conversation, but it's one I think we need to keep top of mind. Where do those river levels sit? How is barge freight working right now? Yeah, right now, you know, we had seen a little bit of improvement. So if we'd roll back time back to about the 14th, from about the 14th through 
setting right in about when we are right now. We had seen some improvements in the water levels on the lower Mississippi. Now, what it does look like, though, is just because the time of year we, we start freezing up parts of that, you know, the upper Mississippi River, and, and ultimately as we move further south, we don't get the water flow that's coming. We also haven't picked up as much precip here lately that in the areas, whether it be off the Ohio River, the Illinois River, Missouri River coming on into the Mississippi. And as a result, we're going to start taking those levels back down to, to levels that uh, we may have been had comparable. Now, keep in mind, uh, they, they just need to you know maintain a nine-foot draft, a nine-foot depth for about 300 feet within the area on that lower Mississippi River. So I still think it's, it's not that we're saying that, that basically bar traffic's going to get shut off. And this time of year, it's not that uncommon to see some lower levels. This is much lower than normal. But, but it is hurting us. It's driving up the, the barge freight, and it's also making it more expensive on anything that we offer out of the Gulf. Now, that is opening up some opportunities for, for grain to ship off the Pacific Northwest up there, you know, out of Washington and, and Oregon and that area. So that's something we'll have to continue to keep an eye on, Clay. Jeff, what about China? Are they concerned at all about some of these logistical issues when it comes to exports? Well, I, I sure think they keep an eye on it. They, they definitely do. You know, we had export sales out here this morning and actually had some pretty good numbers, uh, about 1.8 million uh, metric tons uh, for corn. You know, that, a lot of that was driven with some demand coming off the Mexico side. Um, but as we get back and talk in particular about China, they, they are. But a few things have actually changed in here a little bit uh, this year on the corn side. They have the ability now to also source corn coming out of um, uh, Brazil. And as a matter of fact, there's actually three cargoes uh, destined for China um, that have came from Brazil. It looks like, uh, as, and this would have been as of this past Tuesday, there was about 25,000 uh, tons that looks like it set sail on November 6th. There was about another 68,000 tons, which, which would be about 2 million bushels that sailed on November 21st. And it looks like coming out of Porto Santos, there should have been another couple million tons that may uh, be shipping out tomorrow. So they're going to keep a close eye. I, I think their overall feel, when I say they, I mean China, is that you know they, they don't want to pay anything more than they absolutely have to. They're going to continue to buy some soybeans from the U.S. when they need them. And, and that showed up here in, in the export sales numbers. You know, it was a little bit disappointing on beans, about, six, uh, about 0.6 million metric tons. Uh, but but overall, a couple things that we have to look at, though, Clay, is that uh, corn, um, it's a little concerning whether or not we're going to get the export sales that we're hoping for uh, year to date. And this would be since from September 1st, you know, export sales are down about 48 percent. And on beans, though, they are up about 1 percent, Clay. And Jeff, as we're here in the Thanksgiving, starting to think about holidays, let's talk about drivers. Do you think that could have any impact on ethanol, especially where we saw those ethanol stocks pick up just a little bit here in the latest report? Yeah, we did see that tick up, and we're actually in the ethanol stocks up about 13.2% from last year. I think we did have a good travel weekend here. That will help eat into that. Um, going forward, though, we are a little bit worried about the ethanol margins. You know, this week we are down about 3.5% compared to a year ago. Year to date, we're down about 3.1%. USDA only thinks we're going to be down about 1%. So we are going to have to watch ethanol margins. Again, we're talking with Jeff Peterson, Heartland Farm Partners. You can always learn more at their website or by following Jeff on Twitter. Do remember, trading futures and options involve risk of loss may not be suitable for all investors. Do consider these risks before investing. And always find more on the Fontenelle Final Bell when you visit our website. That's RuralRadioNetwork.com. Thank you to Fontenelle Hybrids. 
Sports for their continuing support of the Fontenelle Final Bell.